Hey you guys, this is take two of recording Don Lewis and Carol Baskin and I don't want to bore you with the details of how me and Tamara recorded this together and now I'm doing it by myself because somehow or another I lost it, but let's just hop in this story and get it over with it, okay? is presented to you by Podco. Podco is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space. So you know exactly how much you're going to get going into it. It's super easy. I recently just joined as a member and you can too. Just make sure you go to podgo.co to join and immediately get contacted with advertisers to fit your audience. Just make sure you go to podgo.co and let them know that the crimes we're into sent you. Consider that bitch to be one of the biggest terrorists in the exotic animal world. Kill basket. A normal person would put upon my death, you know, first sentence, upon my disappearance. Okay, so let's recap what happened last week on part one. So we talked about Don and Carol meeting in the most unusual way. We talked about the couple getting married, how they started Wild Life on Easy Street. Then we discussed how Don wanted to move all the animals to Costa Rica and Carol said, oh heck no. The two got in a fight. Don went and got a order of protection. He was planning his trip to Costa Rica and then he went missing. So now we're going to talk about the famous document. So, on November 21st, 1996, the famous document, Upon My Disappearance, where he appointed his wife, Carol, as his power of attorney. All I know is in the documentary, I questioned this. I thought it was strange. I did not think that that would be something you would just say, Upon My Disappearance. But that is me. There are questions if the signature was truly Don's signature. A witness came forward and said, yes, it was Don's signature on the document. And then later came back and said, no, he was not there. But at that point, it was past the statute of limitations. So a little fun fact is I saw a news article that said on May 15th of this year, they have tested the POA signature and it wasn't proven to be Don's signature. They believed it was traced from the wedding license. So who knows what or if anything will happen with this. I hope they look into it more. But I don't, I haven't heard anything, so I don't know for sure what's to come. But at the time that Don disappeared, he was worth five to six million dollars. And Carol made quite a few statements and comments 
that at the time that Gladys and Don got a divorce, Don was worth $1 million, and that's all that Gladys and the children are entitled to. I personally do not believe that the children should just be entitled to the $1 million. I feel like if he had 5 to $6 million, whatever he wanted percent-wise his kids to get, they should be entitled to that amount. But it's me. Like, I don't feel like, oh, well, he was only worth $1 million when their parents got divorced, so that is all they get. Thomas from the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department said Don was supposedly sighted in Costa Rica a couple months after he disappeared. Detectives went down and they looked, followed some leads, but nothing was ever found from this. His girlfriend and one of the security guards claimed that they had not seen Don for over six months where another guard said that they seen him just a few weeks ago. On December 10th, 2002, Carol received Don's death certificate, even though he was still listed as a missing person. Thomas from the Sheriff's Department said this statement, and it infuriates me so bad. In the original recording, I kind of ran and raved about this, but he says, as far as this case goes, he is still a missing person. This is not a homicide because he's missing. We have no knowledge of where he's at or of a body or anything. Me and Tamara talked about when we first recorded this. I'm like, um, hello, you're not going to have a body if he was fed to tigers, you're not going to have a body if he's in a septic tank. You're not going to have a body if he was pushed off a plane. But, I don't know. Like, I just feel like they should look at it as he's missing a possible murder. Look at it at multiple angles because, I mean, it's been a long time since this happened. Like, come on now. Look into it a little bit better. Think of some other options. Play some different scenarios. But the sheriff's office said since the documentary aired, they receive at least six calls a day with tips and theories of what people think. So some of the theories that are out there is Don was thrown off a plane. Do me and Tamara think this theory is possible? We both agreed nope. His lawyer said he heard a rumor that Don was pushed out of a plane 50 feet over the Gulf of Mexico. I don't know. Like, I just don't feel like if he was purchasing a plane, somebody would have thrown him out. But who's to say? Second theory is he's in a septic tank. Authorities said that... This is false because the septic tank was not there during the time Don went missing. I want to know when was the septic tank installed? Are you just going off by Carol's word? Or did y'all truly look into documents of when this was placed in the ground? Third 
Theory is a meat grinder. Rumors say that Carol placed her husband through a meat grinder. Carol said her grinder is a small kitchen one and there would be no way to stick a person through that grinder. She said meat has to be cut into one inch cubes before it goes through. (laughs) She wrote this in her blog and she said... The idea that a human body and skeleton being put through this is idiotic, she said, but the Netflix directors did not care. Did the cops DNA this meat grinder? No, they did not. And the last and final theory that people have, and it's probably the more famous theory, is Don was ate by a tiger. Don's oldest daughter, Donna, went to magazines in December of 1998 saying that Carol put her father in a meat grinder and then fed him to tigers. And since this was published in magazines, the drama between Joe and Carol only grew. Okay, so starting now, we're going to talk about the murder for hire and just like with Don Lewis, some things were in the documentary, some things are added, but we're going to, we're going to kind of bounce around and it's just facts that I feel like you need to know that goes with the murder for hire. Well, at Joe's wedding, He had a guest named Jacqueline, and she introduced her husband, Mark, to Joe. She's like, hey, I may know someone that can solve your problem. So, Joe and Mark would talk a little bit. They ate at a Mexican restaurant, and he hinted around that he wanted Mark to take care of Carol. Well, Mark made it clear, I'm, I'll be your bodyguard. I have no issues with that, but I am not going to kill Carol for you. I'm not. I'm not killing nobody. Joe switched over the zoo to Jeff Lowe, and this was, you know, so Carol couldn't get it, blah, da, 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 da. Well, during this time where Jeff was in Las Vegas, He thought it would be a good idea to have somebody keep an eye on the zoo, keep an eye on Joe, and he called in Alan Glover. This guy came to the zoo to be the handyman, and Joe wasn't really worried about his, like, sketchy past because he was arrested before. He had, like, the famous teardrop tattoo on his face, which is rumored to be you killed somebody. Well, Alan and Joe would often go hang out, they'd go shoot, they'd go blow up stuff, and one night at their work, Joe pulls Alan aside and says, hey, I'll give you $5,000 if you go down to Tampa and take care of my little problem, and if you pull it off, I'll take care of you for life. Alan looks at Joe and said, I can get it done. After the death of Travis, Joe only wanted Carol gone more. Alan and Joe would talk about different plans they had. They would talk about blowing up her mailbox, how they would use a crossbow to shoot her. 
they agreed that Alan would use a knife and cut off Carol's head. Joe sent Alan down to Texas to get a fake ID so he could use it to check in and out of hotels with no paper trail. He was to use the name John Allen McDowell. And I personally do not think if I was getting a fake ID to go murder somebody and to not have a paper trail, I'm not going to use my real name anywhere in my fake name. This is where James enters the picture. He was to help Alan make his fake ID look more legit by falling off something that was on the back of the ID. And he asked Alan, so how long are you going to be vacationing down in Florida? And Alan told James, as long as it takes. When it was time for Alan to leave for his vacation down in Florida, Joe gave him $3,000 and mailed his cell phone to Jeff Lowe. The plan was to have Jeff randomly text people, take pictures, so it looked like Alan was in Las Vegas. Both Jeff and Joe agreed. If Alan got busted, they were going to say he went rogue and they fired him. Alan left and a few weeks went by and no one heard from him. All they knew was Carol was very much alive. So on December 8th, James walks in with a professional hitman, and like conversations always go, they started talking about having Carol killed. Joe asked the hitman how much would it cost to kill her. He responds, $10,000 with half up front. Joe said, that's easy. I'll just go sell some tigers. So Joe goes on and he talks about having her shot in a mall parking lot. Joe never gave the hitman money. They only talked about what ifs. Carol and Howard received a phone call from law enforcement letting them know that Carol's life was in danger. And I'm pretty sure she had a hunch that her life was always in danger. I'm pretty sure she's possibly seen a YouTube video. I mean, like, it's not like he was really shy about his feelings. But what I thought was interesting is Carol never once reported to cops that she thought her life was in any type danger. She never called 911. She never called non-emergency. And I just feel like if I was worried and I thought my life was in danger, I would have somewhat of a paper trail. If you had a hunch that somebody was going to kill you, I mean, have officers kind of watch your business, hire somebody, let there be a paper trail. In the summer of 2018, I believe it was August, but I'm not 100% sure, Joe and his new husband moved to Florida, possibly trying to hide, maybe trying to change his ways. Who really knows? But the two moved 
and they just was enjoying life on the beach and playing with their dogs. On September 7th, 2018, Joe was out in town and was swarmed by unmarked cars in a parking lot. Joe was taken to Santa Rosa County Jail where he was booked and then eventually got transferred to Oklahoma prison. Joe was arrested on two counts of murder for hire, 19 counts of wildlife violations, selling cubs, killing five adult tigers, and the judge denied his bond. Court was held in Oklahoma City Federal Courthouse and the trial began on March 25th. A jury heard evidence that Joe gave Allen $3,000 to travel from Oklahoma to Florida to murder, Car- murder Carol Baskin and promised to pay him thousands more after she was dead. Plus, more evidence was shown. He played tons of Joe's YouTube videos of threats like shooting the doll, saying he wanted her head in a jar. So you can only imagine how bad he was sweating during this time. Carol did appear at the trial and she was very professional in the sense that she did not wear any cat print. She claimed in a interview that I heard that she went to Goodwill to purchase Oklahoma Western wear to fit in with everybody, which I thought was funny. But she would attack while she was being questioned and the judge turned to her at one point and said, Miss Baskin, it's just a yes or no question. She didn't stay for the whole trial. After she was dismissed, she returned back home and would wait for updates about the trial over the phone. The next day, they called James to the stand. He told everyone that he had worked with the feds for quite some time and the professional hitman was really an agent. He goes on to say how Jeff told him he wanted out of the zoo and was thinking to sell it to Carol. Jeff told James to contact Carol and see if she was interested in buying the zoo. And if the deal went through, he would give James $100,000. My thing is, is the zoo recently sold. Did Jeff truly stick to his word and give James the money, or is James out $100,000? I want to know. Finally, the jury heard all of the evidence, and it did not take them long at all to come back with a guilty verdict, both for the murder for hire and with the counts on the animal cruelty. So, on January 22nd, 2020, he was sentenced to 22 years in federal prison. The sentence includes nine years on each murder-for-hire count, one year on each of the endangered animal species, and four years on each of the Lacey Act violations. And for those that do not know what a Lacey Act is, because I sure did not know what that was, It is where you cannot trade wildlife, fish, plants. And I hope you enjoyed this weird episode where I was by myself. It was really strange reading it, not having Tamara's like, oh, what's, what's, during it all. But 
next week we will be back together and I hope you all stay alert and stay alive. Thank you.